knowing the needs that you talk about in the program, homework challenges their need for power very much so. And it's it basically is their need for competency. I'm Rachel and I'm Marcela and you're listening to the Parenting with Understanding podcast. We are parenting coaches who have helped millions of parents like you all over the world go from feeling isolated and hopeless, unable to break the cycle of permissive or punitive parenting to feeling confident in parenthood and connected to their children's needs. Hi Rachel. Hi Marcela. I'm very excited. I always say I'm very excited, but yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I know. I am too. I love coming every single week and talking about topics that our listeners are struggling with and being able to offer just a little piece, a little nugget of encouragement and advice is just such a blessing. So we're happy that you are here as the listener and I'm happy to be with you, Marcella. Yes. We're going to talk about homework how to prevent the bottle over homework. But before we go there, if you're a parent of a child 9 to 19 years old, and then you are in the struggle, the struggle is real, if communication is broken, if the relationship is, is really not there, or maybe it's just, it is there, you know, they love you, you love them, but you just don't, don't agree <laughs> on many things, and then... Discipline might be a struggle as well. I highly encourage you to register for Dr. Ann Luisa's webinar. She's our parenting coach for parents of twins and teens. She's an experienced uh, psychologist of twins and teens for over 20 years. And she's going to go over with you and give you the, the ingredients and the roadmap to end the struggle with your twin or teen so communication improves. So relationship improves as well. To register, it is free. All you have to do is open the description of this podcast episode. Give us your best email so we can send you the, the Zoom link. It's going to be this Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so knowing the needs that you talk about in the program, homework challenges their need for power very much so. And it's it basically is their need for competency. So what would you say to parents who have children who are, you know, they've just come out of summer where there's so much freedom, they have so much fun, so they've got all these other needs being fulfilled, and then they are put into an environment where they're still having fun, but there's less freedom, and th this need for competency is challenged. I remember Dr. Ann Louise in her free class, that by the way, the registration is open, she was talking about this struggle. And then she was saying that one of her clients, that was the main struggle, that her daughter didn't want to do homework. She didn't even want to attend to the Zoom classes. And then the teacher put her in a reward system, and that didn't work. Matter of fact, it kind of made things worse. And then the parents, they started like, taking the phone away and other things away. And then the child just like, no, it didn't work either. And then they looked underneath her behaviors with the help of Dr. and Luis, because every behavior communicates a need. And guess what it was? She had a, a big pimple on her nose, and she didn't want to be seen on camera by her classmates. As someone who has struggled with acne for over 20-something years, I can so totally relate to that. And, you know, it's so interesting whenever we really dig 
behind the behavior. There's always, always, always a deeper reason. I, I remember in my own middle school years, um, I don't really remember even like middle school and even into my first year of high school. I had always been a really good student, but I, I got to my freshman year of high school and I failed, I believe, two classes for the whole year, failed enough throughout the year that I had to take summer school. And I remember always thinking that like summer school was for like the really bad behaved kids that like weren't good at school or like the, like, I don't really know where I came up with that, but I just thought like, I'm, I don't fit in here. Why am I in summer school? But my parents had divorced just a year and a half earlier. It was a very nasty divorce. My parents had both remarried, or I think at this point my mom might have been dating, or she may have just married my stepdad. I can't remember exactly. But there was a lot of stress going on at home, and I didn't even really know that that was affecting my schoolwork. I didn't really know it to. And looking back at that now, if any, any adult in my life would have come to me and said, hey can you tell me what's going on? I want to understand what what's happening because your grades aren't where they used to be. If any teacher would have come to me and said, hey, this isn't like you, what's happening? And not one adult did, not one adult. And I went through summer school and I slowly started, you know, doing my homework again and, um, just kind of learn to stuff that stuff down. And now I'm in therapy to unpack all of it, you know, um, as a 39 year old adult. But it just, it, it makes me think like if someone would have just come to me with understanding and said, Hey, I can tell that you're struggling with your homework. There's gotta be something more going on. Do you need, do you need somebody to talk to you? Do you need somebody to help you through this? It would have changed everything for me. Yeah. Before getting corrective or how we're going to get this this school homework done, get curious and dig deeper and see what is what is the why, what is the why. I wish, I wish, the, I mean, this is a video, the podcast listeners won't be able to, to see it. But yesterday I got a school reading report test from the twins and one of my twins, he failed the test. It was a phonetics test. So he, he's below average. Was it because he, he didn't try enough? Very certain that he tried hard because I know he's a hard worker and then he likes to, to try his best. Now let's look underneath that score. What is underneath that score? A child who goes to speech therapy. He does go to speech therapy. A child who has orthodontic uh, devices inside his mouth they're, they are expanding the roof of his mouth and of course all that <laughs> needs to contribute for him to fail a phonetics test yeah did how how did he feel did he know that he failed does he understand what that means and I know you so I know that you do handle that with understanding so I'm just curious like how you did handle that with him and what the conversation looked like so the conversation was very simple we told him that we that he's learning <laughs> he's not for us he's never failing he's just learning he's learning and we 
I think those public school traditional uh, education is a little unfair with kids because they they put them in a box of a benchmark of this is the average, but they're comparing him to other children who do not have speech therapy and devices in their mouth and the roof of their mouth is expanding and all those things. So we need to be aware of that. But when it comes to the conversation with him, it's always like you're you're learning, you're you're doing your best, and that's what it matters that you're doing your best and you're you're gonna keep learning at your pace. And I can imagine for him that that feels very safe and comforting. I'd love to know how he responded to that conversation. Oh. He went to his little bookcase and then he got as many books as he could holding his little arms. And then he, he started reading and reading. I'm like, more like if, if when you read, read because you want to read. Okay. Like learning is just a process. So I, I was helping him uh, process and, uh, and understand that. Um, a failed test doesn't mean that he needs to do more to reach this 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 standard because it, it just creates a lot of anxiety. Um, people who who are always trying to 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 work and work and work to reach standards of what the society places on them and that's not healthy. That sounds like me. <laughs> I do I did that. I do that. That's exactly what I think you're thinking that. So many of us, especially in our our group coaching, this comes up a lot um, in our advanced mentorship, the pressure to perform, I think, stems from the school environments to some degree. I think it can stem from home environments as well. But for many of us, those traditional environments in our home Um, we're similar to the environments in our school and the environments in our workplace. And there has been our whole lives, this pressure to perform and to reach a certain bar and reach a certain standard. And essentially what you're doing for your son in this, in this situation, and I'm sure in every other situation is to let him know that his acceptance and love and value is not based upon his behavior. It's not based on his performance. And his capabilities is to tell them, to let him know that he's already capable. (laughs) He doesn't need to do anything to prove his capability. And and a score doesn't say anything about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it might be hard for him to comprehend at six years old, but like, I'm just going to keep telling him and telling him and telling him. And hopefully... My words uh, are louder. So Thomas Edison, who invented the light bulb, said, I have not failed 700 times. I have succeeded in proving that those 700 ways will not work. When I have eliminated the ways that will not work, I will find the way that will work. Wow. Love that thought process in relation to teaching our children about failure and success. Like, you're not, you're not failing. You are successfully finding ways that don't work, right? So every time you identify those things, you are one step closer to finding what does work. And that's what's going on for your little one that he, I, you know, if he wants to read his books for fun, that's going to help him, you know? Right. 
but not out of anxiety that he needs to reach a certain yeah. bar. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to think something, and it, it flew my mind. Like, it, it went through my mind when I saw that test. The first thing that when we parents see failed tests or not done homework, more than thinking about like, oh, they're not doing this, like they're, they're failing is more like, it, it came to me, Marcela, why are you doing wrong that he failed this test? Oh. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of parents relate to that. Yeah. Because we as parents, because we grew up in this traditional system, we have those bars and expectations for us as well. So if our children are not reaching it, it's because there might be something in me that is not like that is doing something wrong. So they would not reach it. Like if they're not reaching it, I'm not reaching it. Right. And I checked myself on the spot because again, um, I have, I, I have coaches as well. And then I, I went to, through therapy uh, and I, I caught myself on that false narrative of that this test means something about your motherhood and I think that could be the reason why a lot of parents are trying hard to get their kids to meet the standards so they feel good about their own parenting yeah I mean when when I see comments from traditional parents mostly on TikTok I can't tell you how many times they will tell me well I raised my kids with all the things that you say aren't healthy for them and they have good jobs they went to college, they went to all, they'll talk about their academic and business successes as though that's a reflection on their good parenting. And I'm thinking to myself, we have thought this entire time, like there, there are a lot of people that go to college and have very successful careers that had extremely traumatic experiences as a child. And then there are also people who had wonderful childhoods that, you know, it's by the world standards may not be in a super successful job, but they're happy, you know? So I think that it's interesting that societally we have put this pressure on our children to perform and to, for, on parents that if your children don't perform up to a certain standard, you're not parenting well enough. I I love that you brought that up. And I think a lot of our listeners are going to feel a lot of freedom just in that. So going back to the topic of battles over homework, I want the listener, the cycle breaker, to ask yourself this question. Am I battling against my own expectations of my children needing to reach this bar? Because if not, then I feel like I'm failing as a parent. Or what I'm doing is really to help my children succeed. Yeah. So for the parents who are really struggling right now with their children, get to get them to do their homework, to um, help them when they feel that incompetency rising up because they're in a new school year, new challenges, what would you say to those parents? What little nugget of encouragement or of advice could you give those parents? Number one, find a reason. Dr. Anne Louise in her free class will help you unveil a reason. Number two, once you find the reason, then set up a little plan to help this child. So my son, he failed his phonetics test because, of course, he has an orthodontic device in his mouth. He goes to speech therapy. So for us, the plan right now is not for him to pass the next test, but to keep working on his speech therapy and to keep for him to keep going to in his treatment, progressing in his orthodontic treatment and hopefully that would take us to the other side so 
a practical tip is that if the end goal, for example, in this case, is that Santiago will pass a phonetic test and he's very far from the goal, set up middle ground goals for him to get to the big goal, right? So, for example, if, you're, if your daughter is failing every single math test, talk to the teacher and then come up with a plan that she could have little wings Leo wins along the way so she could feel powerful <laughs> to keep working towards the big goal. Yes. Because otherwise they will feel really discouraged and not being able to, to reach that big goal if they still need to have middle ground milestones before they get there. Yeah. The same thing with one of my kids in foster care. He's, he was 15 at the time. He was struggling with, with science. And then we had a meeting with the teacher. And then we set up a little system for him to have small wins, small goals. And then he, he succeeded at the end of the school year. He, mm -hmm. he did fine. But yes, we went from the small first. Yeah. Yeah. And giving them those little wins is essentially meeting their need. You know, if they're feeling incompetent, you giving them those little wins where they do feel competent is going to help meet their need and it makes them yeah. more encouraged to meet the end goal. So rather than just being like, you have to, you have to pass a test. Like we've got to, you know, jump all of these hurdles. You give them those little hurdles and then you build and build. Yeah. And build. I love that. So let's just say that the tests are 10 questions and then you pass with eight questions, right? And this time he got two questions, right? What about if we work towards getting four questions right? He's still going to fail, but he's not, he's failing the test, but he's winning. He's improving. Right. Yeah. F focusing on what I hear you saying is essentially focus on the progress and focus on the uh, effort rather than just the achievement. School systems are built around measuring achievements primarily, Right. They don't, yes. they don't measure effort and improvement or progress. And so we can, we can be that gauge for our children and say, okay, we're not going to make the goal to pass the test. We're going to make the goal to just get two more answers right. You know, and what, what a huge relief that's going to be for the child and what, what a powerful way to help them feel understood. And it's, it also is going to set them up for success in the real world where they're going to be faced with a lot of situations where they fail and fail and fail by the world standards. But if they're improving, it's going to give them a better emotional handle and mentally stable, I guess the abilities to be mentally stable in the process of trying to achieve the end goal. Yeah. Because if they come with that pressure of, I have to make, do it right the first time, and then they start their business and then they fail on their first launch, they're going to end the business. But if they have that, I'm committed to the process and not so much to the result, that's going to, that builds resiliency. Yes, it does. Well, if you got something out of this episode, we would love for you to leave a review and tell other parents how you are loving the Parenting with Understanding podcast. If you are not following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at High Impact Club and at The Considerate Mama. 
And if you are a customer of HIC Parenting, meaning you have any of our products, you can also join our private Facebook group, the HIC Cycle Breaker Community, where we have almost a thousand parents who are there to support one another. They ask questions in there and get support, and it's just an absolutely amazing environment. And don't forget, it only takes understanding to break your cycle. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.